to ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. But without victory, there is no survival. Now, we are the masters of our fate. My name is Rick Napier, the CEO at Real People USA, LLC, located in California. And it's 5.15 a.m. on Saturday morning, May 7th. And Real People USA, we are a consulting firm, a coaching firm, a um, organization firm that helps people with fundraising activities. And today's podcast episode is about grifting. Now, I was not aware of this word until about maybe a year ago, or maybe a year and a half ago. But the word was really defined um, by a Arizona state senator who began using this word grifter. And I was thinking that she was saying drifter, you know, a person that goes from town to town and uh, just stays in one town for a couple of weeks and, you know, does some things, perhaps works, you know, at a restaurant or some type of uh, uh, blue labor work. And then they make some money and then they move on to the next town. Typically, the drifter is maybe somebody wanted by the law. They use a false identity and they're, they keep a low profile because they don't want people to, to discover their true identity. So they just drift from city to city, town to town. So I thought this person was talking about drifting. Then she kept saying grifter. And I started understanding uh, in, in context what she meant by grifter. And a grifter is, if you've never heard of the word grifter, it's been used recently um, gosh, I'm, I'm saying I've been a Republican since 1991 and I haven't heard of the word grifter until about two years ago. And in the political world, grifting means a candidate who by deception or by lack of knowing what's going on is getting donor money with very little intent of winning. Now, people may say, well, Rick, uh, how can you isolate a grifter, someone with uh, a, a bad intent in, in raising money and uses that money just to you know, live off on or buy real estate property or hold on to the money until the next election? How do you distinguish between someone who's a grifter and someone that just lost the election and maybe raised $100,000 in the losing process? Well, that's a great question. And Real People USA, we have the answer. And, and the reason why we have the answer is because we have been looking at symptoms of grifting. And there are two different types of grifters. I'm not sure how long this podcast episode will last, but I will try to explain grifting 
in a very detailed way. Okay, so the first type of grifting happens when a person raises money and they have no intent on winning. And I call this first degree grifting. Now, how a person, you know, gets into first degree uh, grifting is maybe they were running and you've heard this word, uh, this phrase, this is not a winnable district. And so the person continues to run and the person continues to ask donors for money. And let's say this person is uh, kind of popular or they have something uh, sizzling about them, maybe their looks, maybe they have some like a, like a higher profile than maybe the average man or woman. But the, the, the claim is the district is not winnable, which I have some, some concerns about using that phrase. I mean, I really do, especially now with, with the, with the COVID hoax that was just uh, dropped on, you know, the American people and the rest of the world. I have my concerns about the phrase winnable. But anyway, so the first degree grifter uh, starts with maybe they lost the race and they raised some money, maybe $50,000, $100,000 or maybe several million dollars in certain cases. And the person said, oh, I lost the race. But I have, you know, $500,000 still in my account. Now, what what people do with that account, there are some concerns with that, but uh, I'm not an attorney. But I do know that, uh, you know, there are some illegal things that you can do with, with donation money when it's just sitting there and uh, you have to be uh, responsible and you have to tell the FEC what you did with the donations. I know there's some some rules behind that, but I, but I'm not an, an attorney. So I know there are forensic accountants that can trace, you know, the where the money came from and where the money was spent. And I can tell you that my uh, three semesters of accounting, I think I can do that analysis myself with with little effort. So the first degree grifter, they lose the election and they have this money and they say to themselves, wow, I still have, I still have several hundred thousand dollars in my campaign account. So, wow, let's see. When I worked a full-time job, maybe I made $50,000 or $100,000 working 173.3 hours per month plus overtime times 12 months plus maybe 40 hours of vacation pay and some sick pay and some 401k uh, shares earned for that working year. So maybe the person, like I said, made $75,000 and worked about, uh, you know, 2,100 hours for the year for $100,000. So the candidate, the losing candidate says, I got $250,000 in my account. 
And I just finished working a couple of years ago for $75,000 to $100,000 working almost 2,100 hours. Hmm. Maybe I should run again because this money that I got from running for office, it's much greater than the money I made at my nine to five job or maybe even a business if the candidate earned or not earned, but received in donations like $500,000 or a million dollars or several million dollars. So that candidate says, I think I might run again. So the candidate runs again. And because maybe the candidate has some name recognition from the last election, puts another 500,000 to $1 million in that losing process as a candidate. So the candidate says, boy, over a two year period, I made, I keep saying made, it's not made folks. The money is not made, nor is the money earned. The money is donated money from people. So the candidate says, I received a million dollars in the last election cycle and I lost. Wait a minute. If I keep running for office because I have some name recognition, I can do this for a long time. And who gives a crap if I ever win? Because if I win an election, I have to do some work. And if I win an election, then I'm only getting like maybe 125,000, 150,000 if I win. But if I continue running with this name recognition that I have, maybe I can just continue running as a candidate and become a professional candidate and run for the next two, four, six, eight, 12 years. And put in and and put maybe twenty million dollars in my in my bank account through some type of um, manipulation of the laws, or maybe creating a nonprofit and have donations just continue to come in and have that money uh, move to uh, certain count certain accounts. But here's the deal, and we're talking about the first degree grifter. What if that first degree grifter says, I can show other people how to be grifters. And I think maybe there's a a sense of maybe I can help people win in an election, but the grifter never won an election. So how can you show other people how to win in an election when, you know, the grifter CEO did not win an election? So that's all that's always been a concern to me. I mean, for you to 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 show someone how to do something, there must be a track record of you doing something. Okay? So so we have to also discuss the donors in the first degree grifting and the second degree grifting, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. But what about these donors that donate 
you know, $1,000. And they say, I am sending money to, to this candidate because I believe he or she is the solution for our problems in our state, in our local, uh, local races like uh, a city council or a border supervisor or state senate, state assembly, state rep. And the donor is saying, I'm sending this money because I believe this person can win based on what they are saying in their social media ads. You know? So you have all these donors donating $5, $10, $50, $100 or more. And they're waiting for this victory. And then when the election happens and it's over, the donors candidates did not win. So the, the donors say, my candidate did not win. Well, it was over. It was only $50. The, and that's the, that's the, 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 the real small, uh, sort of like microscopic sort of, um, a, a tool or how can I say it? It's, it's like the, the hidden, element in this grifting thing so if a if a candidate gets 100,000 people to donate $50 that's five million dollars okay each individual donor that donated $50 or maybe even less they're really not going to miss the $50 in most cases or they would not have donated the money in the first place so that's kind of like the, the the sort of sort of the hidden element in grifting is that, yeah, people don't people won't miss fifty dollars. Let's see if I can get a hundred thousand people to donate fifty dollars. Yes, it happened. So one hundred thousand people times fifty is five million dollars, and the candidate did not win. So you can see how this grifting, this first degree grifting can happen over and over and over and over again. And I don't like it. I really don't because the donors are putting their hopes and trust that this candidate can serve uh, in the uh, Congress or yeah, in the Congress or they can serve at a state level and they can make some changes to fix the things that are going on. And uh, when people continually grift, it just makes it tough for the country to, to heal itself or not heal itself. It, it makes it tough for the country to have people in office that will do the right thing. So now let's talk about the second degree grifter. Now, the second degree grifter, I have to cut them some slack because the second degree grifter is, is probably where most people start until they become first degree grifters. The second degree grifter uh, starts by, gosh, I want to run for office. I'm excited. And uh, gosh, I don't have any um, sort of knowledge of what to do. 
So I'm going to uh, consult a consulting firm, which uh, can tell me, give me some insight or guide me through this process of of um, running for office, but more so the consulting firm, in my opinion, has given the the candidate uh, a, a process of how to raise money. Because it seems like, and this is something that I've seen in the last probably year. Have you ever seen a candidate and you, and you, you see their pitch on TV or you see it on social media or you hear a, a live radio interview and the candidate says, I'm running for office. Please donate to my campaign. Or I can fix these problems, but I need your I need your help. Please donate. Okay, so I have, I mean, just from a, a person that used to manage uh, account executives, I was a vice president of a sales department in Los Angeles. And uh, yes, we had products and services that we sold. And I just have a major problem with I'm running for office. I need your help. Please donate. There's a whole lot missing. And I'm not I'm not saying that uh, maybe the candidate had some other things they said about the problems. And then they said, I'm running for office. You know, I want to fix these problems. Please donate. I'm talking about the majority of candidates have I mean, their pitch is pretty much, you know, online, on, on TV, uh, on the radio, live interviews with a, with a very short uh, pitch that, um, you know, I'm running for office. I need your help. Please donate. Or sometimes I'll see something that says, and I saw this out of a candidate in Florida. It said, these people are coming after me with all of their accusations and they're trying to take me out and they have amassed $500,000 against me to put, to get me out of office. I need your help. Please donate. I have a major problem with that blanket, um, uh, a statement, uh, that, I mean, it just has holes. I can poke right through it like Swiss cheese. Okay. And so it seems like these grifters are taking advantage of people. So let's get back to the second degree grifter. This man or woman uh, gets a call from a consulting firm. Hey, Joe. Hey, Helen. Yeah, I see you running. I see you're running for office. I would like to tell you about our services at our consulting firm. And one of the first things the consulting firm says you're going to need money. We can help you raise money. And the candidate, not knowing anything else about what it takes to win, says, yes, you are hired because I need to raise money. And some of these consulting firms will take 50, 60, 70, 80 percent of the donations that are raised. So you have this grifting component also at the consulting firm level but you know the the consulting firms will tell the candidates 
uh, we'll send out a bunch of emails. We'll get on social media and we'll raise you some money. Okay. Now, a lot of the, a lot of the candidates in this process of raising money, they're not doing hardly anything else. You know, they may go to GOP local meetings. They may uh, meet a few people that are running also, and maybe they team up. Maybe they, um, you know, they, they do some things. But one of the things that many second degree grifters do not do, they don't connect with the people. And one of the downfalls of second degree grifting is that they do not have a plan to win. You see, so the money may come in or it may not come in or the consulting firm may take most of the money or maybe maybe they'll take half of half of the donor money. But, you know, the candidate, they don't ever learn or find out what else they need to do. All they think about is I need to raise money. I need to raise money for what? If you don't have a plan, why do you need to raise money? If you don't have a plan, is raising money, uh, is, is raising money uh, the main thing you want to do because you want to go out and meet with other GOP candidates? Is the purpose of raising money is because you want to get on a plane and fly from the East Coast to the West Coast or from the West Coast to the East Coast or from the Gulf Coast to the Midwest and to, to be at conventions? And when you go to the conventions with the flight, with the the meals and the hotel, you end up spending something like $2,000 of the donor's money. Is that the purpose of raising money? See, the voting public is getting a, uh, they're getting, uh, they're becoming more aware of this grifting type thing. So this is the second degree grifter. And recently there was a candidate running for Congress out in Arizona. And I believe he raised $150,000, $148,000 approximately. And this candidate, uh, probably managed by a consulting firm, raised $148,000 and could not get on the ballot. Now that's a damn shame. That is that is grifter. Uh, <laughs> that is supreme grifting. How can you raise one hundred and hundred and forty eight thousand dollars and not even get on the ballot? See, in Arizona, I know you need some signatures. I think it's something like uh, seventeen hundred or eighteen hundred. I'm not even sure you can just pay to get on the ballot. I think in Arizona, you definitely need signed ballot petitions for this person not to make it on the ballot. And when you can get uh, people to go out and uh, get petitions for you for about $6 per signed petition or even $10 per signed petition, you know, the most this person would have paid is $20,000 to get on the ballot. But the person got some signatures, I believe something like 2,500 signatures, and most of the signatures, for some reason, I don't know the details, but 
the candidate was challenged and did not make it. The, 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 something was, was wrong with the signatures. So I believe the candidate either withdrew or from the, from the race or something to that effect. So that was pretty, that was kind of like second degree grifting because come on, $148,000 in donations and you could not get on the ballot. What in the hell is that if that's not grifting? So now some other forms of grifting that I have plenty of examples of people grifting and, and some of these grifting examples, they go to very, um, high places. I'm not talking about high, uh, places. Um, well, <laughs> let me put it this way. High profile people, maybe not politically connected people like people in office, because I know, I'm sure that there's something that goes on there that, uh, you know, that's, that's done at a very high level with some of these, um, these organizations, national and state organizations. And, you know, there's nothing that we can do about that as, as, as public, except not donate every time you get an email from XYZ PAC. Oh, we really need your help. You know, send anything you can, 10, 25, $50, $100, send the money. You know, you get these emails and I can tell you that people, some people that I know and I've talked to over the last, I want to say year, 18 months, they're tired of getting those emails because often, well, I would say on occasion or maybe some of the time, whatever type of descriptor you want to use is some of these emails are not from the organizations that they claim to be from. They're scams. Uh, one person in Oklahoma told me that they donated $25 to an organization they believe that was, you know, connected to the GOP. And then three hours later, they got a second email. And then six hours after the original email in which they donated $25, they got another email. Then it seems like their email address was sold to other companies or other organizations. And they started getting something like 10 to 15 emails per day asking for donations. So there is a scam element in this, uh, in this grifting thing. So it's like electronic grifting or just plain old scam. But this one example that I want to share with you. And I have, think I want to, I got two that I can share for the sake of time. This one example is an example of a, a person running for Congress. And this is 100% true. Um, this example includes a person, like I said, running for Congress. And what I'm learning is that people will value their campaign based on how many donations appear at the fec.gov website. So a person may say, I got $75,000 on the fec.gov website or a state website. You know, I got $75,000. I have $275,000 on my fec account at that's 
Federal Election Commission. That's the uh, the national organization that tracks incoming donations and expenditures. And that's all they do. They just, you know, the campaign person or the treasurer puts how many donations uh, came in and also details where the money went. I believe that's their function. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, I guess they're a legal entity for campaigning and they make the rules for it. So that's what they do. But this example, this candidate wanted to boost their FEC standing. In other words, uh, tell other candidates that are running against them. Look, I got money in my FEC.gov account and damn it. You better watch out because I have more money than you. So therefore you need to quit the race. I have a hundred and I have $100,000 or $200,000 in my FEC account. And you only have $7,000. So therefore I have more money than you. Therefore I'm the better candidate. Therefore I can outspend you in, in, in marketing and, and buying ads. Therefore you need to quit. Voters, folks, ladies and gentlemen, the amount of money that a person has in their FEC account is an illusion in some cases. The amount of money a person has in their FEC account has no direct correlation to that person being the better candidate. It has no direct correlation to which means um, I have a lot of money, therefore I, I will win. It has no direct correlation of this person actually winning. It has no direct correlation uh, to how much work is being done by the candidate that has, you know, $200,000 in his or her account and the candidate that has only $7,000 in his or her account. And like I said, in some cases, it's all an illusion. And here's why. So this candidate, a California candidate, got two donations from individuals in Arizona. And how the story goes, and I believe the story to be true, because I have seen uh, these, um, these symptoms of grifting. And maybe I'll talk about that lastly. I'll talk about the symptoms of grifting. So how the story goes, and it's a true story, the candidate got $5,000 from a couple in Arizona. And so oh, that's great, man. Two, two people in Arizona gives a candidate $2,500 a piece, which is legal. Hey, nothing wrong with that. It shows up in the FEC account, but behind the scenes, the story is the candidate got the $5,000 and the candidate returned $4,000 or some number. In other words, the candidate got the money so that it shows up on the FEC gov as man, this person got, you know, two $2,500 contributions to their campaign. And in the expenditure, uh, it shows that a, a significant sum of money was returned. So in other words, 
$5,000 in, and let's say for an example, $4,000 out. So the candidate uh, mathematically only had $1,000 in donations. Now folks, what in the hell's going on with that? Did the couple, could, not, could, could they not afford $2,500 each? Or did the money, you know, let's say $4,000, did it go back to some type of uh, sort of phony consulting firm where the couple had uh, some type of, um, you know, marketing company or consulting firm or nonprofit? And, you know, so it was like a, like a, I'm not going to call it money laundering, but it's, see, and, and that's what I've been hearing a lot of in the last six months. Another case of, I call it uh, sort of grifting, there was a congressional candidate that went on the radio somewhere in California. I'm not going to tell you exactly where, but I heard it because I was listening to it. And I do listen to uh, uh, talk radio shows uh, throughout California. So this candidate says to the host, Bob, I just can't. I, I got out of the race because, you know, the coronavirus just hurt my campaign efforts. And I was not able to campaign effectively and raise money because of the coronavirus and the business shutdowns and stuff. So I went primarily to social media to raise money. And social media was the biggest form of or the, the, the biggest source of fundraising for this candidate. And, you know, and, and, and oh, they were, they were complaining that uh, they were being shadow banned by Twitter and uh, that their posts were not being read. In other words, the fundraising links were being shadow banned or or blocked or whatever. OK, so this candidate was basically saying, I can't win unless I have enough donations. And that's a damn lie. That's a lie. Fundraising is not a direct connector to winning. You know what is? Getting the votes. Getting the votes to win. So it should so it should be vote raising over fundraising. Because if you uh, find a way and and real people USA we have that system. If you can find a way to make sure you have enough votes, the fundraising will come along. See, I think a lot of candidates, especially GOP candidates uh, in either first degree grifting or second degree grifting, uh, however they they discovered this or they, they, they became addicted to grifting, someone has told them that uh, the more money that you have, the, the likelihood, the, the greater the likelihood you will win. When it's more like the more money you have, <laughs> the, the more likely you don't have to go back to your nine to five job. <laughs> I hate to put it that way. So I wanted to do this podcast episode about uh, first degree grifting, second degree grifting, uh, the correlation or lack thereof of raising money and winning. And I just want to say to to candidates out there and candidates in the future. Find a way to connect 
with the people, not on, not in a social media way like Donald Trump. Donald Trump was a rare breed. Donald Trump already had 35 years of name recognition and branding before he ran for president. Stop trying to be like Donald Trump. Go out and connect with the people. And if you have a strong message and people believe in that message and your message is, is um, uh, identifies a problem and you have uh, a, a way of, of fixing a problem and people believe it, they will donate. But receiving donations should have some type of attachment to effort. And this is coming from a former sales manager of a Fortune 500 company in Los Angeles. And also I, I run a private sector consulting firm where I'm working with attorneys and dentists and insurance agents and uh, CPAs and other business owners. There's no way a customer would pay a company and not expect a product or service to be the to be delivered. I mean, a good product and an or or to receive excellent service. There's no way a customer would say, "Here's my five hundred dollars," and I don't expect anything from it. And that's my point with this grifting. Candidates are receiving money, and they're they are not delivering product or service. So please stop grifting. My name is Rick Napier, the CEO at Real People USA LLC, based in California. Our website is rpusa.org. My telephone number direct is 726-999-0999. Thanks for listening to this episode of May 7th, 2022. Make it a great day.